0: Welcome to the topic of today, where a bunch of students and teenagers pick a topic and talk about it. We dissect a
1: multitude of issues ranging from politics to mental health. Hello, my name's Dan. I'm Will.
2: I'm Abiha.
0: Hi, I'm Alex.
2: I'm Camille.
3: Every episode, we start with a person of the day introducing his or her topic. Then we get into discussion where, as Will said, we dissect the issue sharing what we learned or found out about that topic amongst each other and then branching off into further conversation.
0: Every week, each of us talk about something that we find interesting or important in our world. This week, we're going to be talking about automation AI and how it is affecting our economy. So, as most of you probably know, these developments in technology are rapidly changing the world around us in in every aspect, including technology, our society, our culture. What are your guys' thoughts about it?
2: I, for one, love technology in all forms. Uh, So I'm quite happy about the increase in technology. Of course, there are always downsides, but I think in the long run, especially economically speaking, it is a great benefit. Uh, Like STEM jobs have been proven to pay higher wages and have have led to an increase in jobs and the creation of many new sectors, which then create new jobs. So I think economically speaking, technology is just the way to go to help the economy. Um, and like it's it's seen like historically speaking, like Ellie Whitney's uh, cotton gin pretty much transformed the South's economy. And um, the impact of just one piece of technology opened the door for so many other industries, ranging from like the textile industry, to like clothes manufacturing, everything. So I think technology and its impact on the economy is a really great thing.
0: Uh, Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, It's, I, but I mean, the ironic thing about the cotton gin and Eli Whitney's invention was that um, it kind of just, like, slavery was dying up to that point, but when he invented it, like, he invented it as a means to end slavery, like, forever, but once it got released, it just kind of backfired on him when, like, the Uh, rich plantation owners just used it as a means of increasing their efficiency by, like, promoting more slave labor.
2: That's true. That is true, and that's one of the downsides of technology during that era. Um, but I think technology in modern times as well, it there is a great benefit, and of course there are like the side effects of, um, like increasing the poverty, and like the like the gap between the rich and the poor. But I think in general, technology is something that can really be beneficial to many people.
4: Yeah, I'm personally pretty excited for all the technology that's going to come out with artificial intelligence, because, I mean, I, I just learned how to drive, but it'd be cool if I can just sit back and I don't have to drive, the car drives me wherever I want to go. And all these different advancements that'll make life easier for a lot of people. And we'll probably create a lot of jobs with, you know, a lot of engineers needing to Create those things, a lot of scientists, a lot of STEM jobs that pay better than chauffeurs or truck drivers whose jobs will then get eliminated. Um but their jobs do get eliminated. So I don't know specifically the economic impact of that. I'd assume it's a net positive, but something has to be done for those millions of workers who just their jobs get evaporated when a technology comes out that just makes them basically um, like a relic of the past.
1: Yeah, going off what Alex is saying with uh, jobs dissipating as a result of artificial intelligence and its innovation. I mean, like you have people whose jobs are evaporating like taxi drivers, other blue collar workers and the jobs that are being created are, as Alex said, engineers, stuff like that. People who are actually going to be working with this artificial intelligence. And I mean, you can't, ha- you can't make the assumption that those blue collar workers will be able to then go and work as engineers. So, I mean, while it could be a net positive as far as jobs made, there are going to be a lot of people in the lower portion of like wealth who, who are suffering dearly. That's what I think.
2: Exactly, no, yeah, exactly. Um, and that was like one of like the things I was talking about before, like just quickly mentioned like that there are many side effects and like untoward effects of technology and of like the increase of AI because STEM jobs, like engineers, computer programs, like the people who are making the AI, they require a lot of education. And the jobs that the AI is replacing are jobs that are low education, laborious, and like routine jobs. And so if we're getting rid of these jobs, these people can't really go to college, they don't have the money or they don't have like the resources, the time, they're just focusing on surviving. And so in that way, it's technology can be a great detriment as well. So I completely agree with what you're saying.
3: Yeah, I mean, technology, like you said, the, the people who are in the blue collar jobs won't be able to afford the education to learn that skill to then repli- take the jobs like that are, take that job that would replace them at the time but also like if you look at it like the income the income like inequality is increasing because of ai so at, at a point like we said like it, it is helping us it is helping efficiency and stuff but it's also creating income inequality and like making it even more divided than it already is because those jobs that are that are being created are just one percent and everybody else is like going down and the people in the blue collar jobs are just not getting paid as much. And that's, that's usually the, the negative effect of it.
4: So at that point, I wonder, how do you fix that? Because you can't just have uh, a large class of people who can't work because they just don't have jobs. Uh, so do you have this kind of gray area, this, this layover period where like, a bunch of workers who have been displaced, they just kind of get put on government benefits or do you somehow re-educate them with a program where college then becomes free so they can get educated or um, some trade, some trades just become free so they can get some sort of re-education and re-enter the workforce after a certain period of time. So instead of just being a dead weight in the economy, just not, not working, just not working. Uh, so they can be re-educated from people whose jobs have been evaporated to people who can now adapt to the new economy. I just wanted to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you know that's cool. Jump in. Um,
0: yeah, so uh, Abiha's article that she sent to us actually kind of touches on that topic of like how we can solve like the displacement of jobs that the robots and automation and AI are going to cause. So, um. This politician, Andrew Yang, he uh, supported this idea known as, like, a freedom dividend, which essentially is just, like, a universal basic income of $1,000 to, like, everyone from, like, the top percent of companies for the jobs that are going to be displaced by all this technology. And while, like, it kind of seems like a good idea in theory, I think that, like, um, it's kind of a bit loose in its, like, in the qualifications of distributions that it has like personally i would i definitely agree with like maybe like channeling that money into the people who like actually needed to get an education and like you know be able to apply for these new t- different types of jobs that are coming up in the market and other like necessities instead of you know just for everyone i don't know
2: <laughs> no yeah i agree and i think the the question that alex brought up is a very heavy question it's something that's very complex and that even today like economists and Uh, politicians are still struggling to try and figure out because like there is no set way on how we can really replace these jobs because like if we were to like give people like a like what like a freedom dividend is that what you said um if we were to give that that's a lot of money you know and not to get into another whole topic but the United States is already in quite a large amount of debt um and so I think this just trying to solve this problem comes more from trying to get people educated like more and more education in college i mean like there's still like what like around 70 percent of the u.s population doesn't actually have a college degree and at least yeah. them feel what you can jump in
4: oh yeah i was just wondering what um like the company's burden would be on this like should the government kind of force the private sector to um kind of readapt the workers that they've displaced. Like, instead of making it a government's burden where the government's just going to make college free or just something like that, you make the private sector uh, through some incentives or through legislation, you make it so they have to um, give back to communities, workers, et cetera, um, proportional to the, or like in a proportion or like the amount of workers they displace, um, they should then give X amount of money to educa- re-educating those workers, readapting those workers, and making those workers uh, more suited to the new economy.
2: That's a very interesting point. Um, that is a very, um, I mean, on the other hand, you would have to say, it'd probably mostly be through incentives because there's really no legal ground for the government telling private businesses what they can and cannot do, but, That is something that's, I've never heard of that. I think it's very, very interesting.
3: I think um, in the article that I shared about Andrew Yang, the New Yorker one, uh, he talked about capitalism. So like like you said, you can't force businesses to do whatever, like to do something. But in capitalism, he said that he wanted it to be beyond like where it just sustains humanity. So it also, it like focuses more on not just making revenue and stuff, but also on how you can, help people in a way. So he wanted to change that um, ideology of uh, capitalism, make it more human centered. And if you look at the solutions that, I mean, if you look back in politics, when Trump came in and one of his first things was that he wanted to create more jobs. And that was one of his campaign, like one uh, one of the things that his campaign ran on, which was, I wanna create jobs. And the way that he created jobs, not even sustainable for the world he he kind of said okay i'm gonna like create jobs in oil companies and like in mining places and that's not the right solution either which andrew yang was also pointing out was that you can't you can't just replace there's a better solution than um making jobs in mining areas you have to like find another solution and that solution like you guys said it's very hard and it's still being researched to this day. Even I don't think anybody's found a proper answer to it, but they've tried different ways and a lot of political campaigns are running on that. And I think it kind of needs to be a, a more focused point in politics as well, because we're trying to solve the environmental crisis and everything, but AI kind of revolves around all this stuff as well. It's also one of the major parts that plays a role in it.
0: Um, yeah, I most definitely agree. I also wanted to take this conversation down like a maybe a different route. So, like, let's discuss about like the benefits or downsides of AI and like things like new products or inventions. So, obviously, one way like AI can is making us safer is through like, you know, self driving cars or like smarter interfaces for us to interact with. But also, like, we're starting to see AI and like military products as well. Like, we're like making AI do like really uh, bad things, to say the least, in various products like drones and all sorts of stuff. So clearly, there's also um, an interesting discussion to be had there.
1: Yes, yeah, so, um, right, you can keep going. All right. Um, so obviously, like the intention of artificial intelligence is literally to technologically recreate the human mind, right? So you're basically you're basically replicating the the, um, the conscience of a human. And when you're doing that, you're gonna be replacing more and more humanoid jobs like driving, so like self-driving cars that you're talking about. And the question that I have is, look, as you begin to implement artificial intelligence into more and more complicated jobs, does putting that much trust in machinery become a danger? What do you guys think? That
4: plays off of what I, what I was gonna say. Is like the whole ethics of it. Like when you, what if you have artificial intelligence making military decisions? Who does the blame fall on? Um, when you have artificial intelligence making decisions for companies, who gets the, uh, like who gets the final say? Is, is this company's decision then the robot? Like would you, would you blame the robot for something horrible a company did? Would you blame the people who engineered the robot? There's a lot of ethical questions there. Because when you have so many decisions and ideas based upon the mind of artificial intelligence, who takes the blame there? Where where the where the whole ethics of it? And also replacing a bunch of you know driving jobs and things like that. You have to think of the the ethics of that. Like, is it okay for like is it just normal advancement or is it just displacing low wage workers? There's a lot of ethical questions that come about. When you, when you have artificial intelligence. I don't know what you guys think.
2: No, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to give computers morals because morals amongst humans are already incredibly variable. And so trying to give morals to a computer that's usually binary, that thinks in ones and zeros is something that's very, very difficult. And addressing the ethical questions becomes immensely harder just because of that sheer fact alone
3: I mean if you don't address the safety that of AI and like and understand that if this source becomes part of the military and AI is used for such things it also might be one of the biggest events in human history but it can also be the last event in human history because I mean it's debatable but like just imagine like our troops are just replaced by military. And I think I read an article like two years ago about Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking, they kept on like trying to tell, they're trying to say that there should be a ban on using uh, artificial intelligence in the military because that's gonna enable more wars and cause more um, threats to each other. And also if you look at, if you go back to just a simple gun, a, a gun is a machinery. Uh, like, there's a big ethical conversation on that, like, whether the gun is the issue or the person is the issue that's using it. So, I mean, that's where you should probably look at for what we have right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there are a lot of people who are, like, doomsday critics of AI. Like, I think, I know Elon Musk has been cited to say negative things about AI, but there are also many benefits that AI can give. Like, yes, AI can sometimes make some bad decisions and they can be involved with military stuff. But at the same time, AI also helps us every day with maintaining national security and maintaining like our bank account information. Like there are many benefits to AI that, yes, AI can make some bad decisions sometimes and they can be used in malicious purposes and malicious acts, But It can also be something that's incredibly beneficial and helps all of our security and safety.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, you can't really pin the blame on AI, because right now it's just a means, it's just a tool. Uh, We don't, we're not in like a science fiction game or novel where they're like self-conscious yet, so we can't, so like all the blame that we can have on AI, we can really just put it on humans. But that's also where, like, the problem begins, because you will have, you will undeniably have people who will want to misuse AI and, like, abuse it to do bad things in the world. It also
3: also depends on, like, the person that uses it. Like, for example, if the gun or, like, the AI technology was to get in the hands of a terrorist versus if it was to get in the hands of a government, the government would probably use it more ethically compared to the terrorists, like, those are like the the questions you have to have a, a balance and understand that like okay but you have to be careful and ai is i understand like what camille's saying with ai being good but with everything comes a balance and no matter what you do in life and no matter what you make
1: I, I also think that i mean you can get inadvertently bad repercussions from ai like it's not just a bad person using ai that would result in something bad happening like just to give an example when you have uh, social media platforms that personalize algorithms to throw recommendations at their users, that contributes highly to polarization in the country, political polarization, which then results in a capital riot, which results in like four people dying. So there are clearly repercussions that people don't intend to happen. And that has to be addressed when you're making AI
0: while that is true like the purpose of those like things like the youtube personalizations they're all made by the people who wanted like you know polarization because you know it like drives up their views it gets more clicks it makes them more money so it's not the ai's fault for doing its job but the people who make the ai and develop its programs i think are the ones who have to be blamed for this sort of stuff
3: yeah people would say that would be the media and etc but um I mean, it's been used by governments, like in China, I know with the Muslims, they use that to track down Muslims, and then they use it against them. And now, you know, the genocide and stuff. But what do you guys think is like, the limit to AI and the use of it? Because I know there's pros and cons for both. But what do you guys, where do you guys draw the line?
4: To be honest, I don't think AI is the problem in a lot of scenarios where there's like, you know, AI is doing all this wrong wrong it seems like it's mostly human invention doing human making human errors because we built it that way we built it to to polarize us we built it to seek the uh whatever makes the most money whatever gets the most clicks or whatever and that can show the worst in humanity and that's not a robot's fault that's our fault we just we're we're rewarding It, it makes us reward our own bad behavior because fake news, what it spreads what, six times as fast as real news. And it's just because it's more entertaining and people love clicking on it. And the AI spreads it faster because people want to read it more. And that's not the AI's fault. It's doing what we tell it to do. Because it's learning from humans' bad behavior. I don't know if I'd have, like, a strict limit on, like, you know, AI can't do anything worse than this. Because we do everything bad to it. We make it learn horrible things. because humans. Aren't always doing the right thing, so I don't know if I have any, you know, line where I'm like, robots can't go past that, because they're not the ones corrupting themselves; we're
0: corrupting them. Yeah, I man. Like the issue with like AI as well is like, unless we like instill some sort of morals into it, which is already its own, has its own like share of issues. Like it can misinterpret it, like our meanings, like because AI doesn't like understand basic things like emotions or, like, feelings yet, (laughs) I say, yeah, uh, so, like, what you said, Alex, it kind of reminded me of, like, this thought experiment about, like, an AI that was, like, designed to be as efficient as possible in the creation of, like, paperclips, so, like, the humans made, like, this AI with, like, the intent to be as efficient and make as many paperclips as possible, and the AI, well, started off and and eventually saw humans as, like, an obstacle to making more paperclips. So yeah, I just removed humanity and turned the entire Earth into a bunch of paperclips. That's like the extremely short end version of the thought experiment. But yeah, that reminds me a lot like that.
3: Uh, let me rephrase my question. If humans, because I know humans are the ones that charge AI. So what do you think humans limit is to making these technologies? Do you, like they can make the technology, but where do you think the limit is to be it being used? Like on the roads, do you think that it should be on, on the roads that AI, we should trust AI to have self-driving cars? Like, what's your opinion on that?
2: I don't think there is a limit to AI. I mean, like according to like Moore's law, it's like this like computer law, Like um, like the capability and speed of computers doubles every two years and that includes AI. And so AI is always gonna be growing. It's just a matter of, like what Alex was saying, like how are we going to use this? Like, are we going to use it for good or are we going to use it for bad? But I mean, like, you see, like, there's this, there's this one AI robot called Sophia, and she's even starting to learn, uh, like, recognizing human emotions, which is crazy, which also brings up an entirely new issue. At what point do robots become sentient? And that, that becomes crazy, right? Sentient robots. Like, at what point do we then make, like, a declaration for, like, robot human, robot rights, you know? It's kind of crazy to think that maybe down the line, we could be, like, sitting next to, like, robot classmates and all that. Like, that's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, and again, like, we come back to the whole issue of, like, morals, because any living being can be sentient without morals. There's plenty of humans who are like that. (laughs) Like, uh, how are we supposed to, what are we supposed to teach these robots? Because morals is influenced by, like, a whole ton of stuff. Like, where we live in our current position in, like, time and space. Because, like, the morals of someone in, like, 16th century England is going to be a lot different from a moral in, like, I don't know, in New York in the 3000s.
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, so just to go to our Connect to Today questions, um why do you guys think this is an important topic? Like an important to- topic to talk about, an important topic to bring up to others?
3: I mean, our whole world is full of um, social media technology and and the next generation, the, the generation that we're going to, the next generation, our generation has grown up on phones and stuff. And like our jobs might be at risk, uh, blue collar jobs that are, are at risk, but also like we're going to change the world with knowing how to use AI so it can either it can go both ways and for each of us it depends what we decide to learn and what we don't decide to learn and I feel like even in our education system right now like everyone's learning how to code if you go into business and go to college you're not just learning how to run a business you have to take a coding class like at least from the people that I know that take business you have to take that computer science class because now everything's just run on social media so I think that's why it's a big issue for, I I mean, not an issue. I think it's a big thing for, for students and for our generation.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, AI is our present and it will increasingly be a part of our future and for probably forever (laughs) from this point on. So it's imperative to learn it as early as much about it as early as we can. Exactly. Like this can be, this will be huge in the, the coming
4: years like it's more than likely i won't drive my car in a decade it's more than likely that everything around us will continue to get it all the technology we use every day will continue to get smarter like we can talk to our phones and we get siri everyone's got an amazon alexa in their house i'm talking to all of you on a computer i've got a phone in my pocket everything around us is is, uh made of technology everything around us is going to get smarter And so we have to learn as much about it as we can now. So when the bigger questions comes up of like, oh, a lot of people are losing jobs. Oh, a lot of uh, this this artificial intelligence is thinking for itself. What are we going to do about it?
2: Exactly. And also, I think, like, addressing this more, we can then talk about, like, answers for the, the questions Alex brought up earlier. Like, how can we help these people who just lost their jobs to AI and all of that? Okay. Do we want to close up soon? Anyone who wants to say like a last thing or anything, we got four minutes left. What's yeah. The I,
4: yeah. What's the other question? Like, why is this important to me? I can. I can pose that question. You guys want to answer? Okay.
2: Yeah.
4: Okay. So for the second, uh, to- wow. Let me start that again. Okay. <laughs> for the second topic of today, question, we're just gonna. Why is it important to you guys? Why is this important to us?
1: Um. I mean. I think that I'm, we're all living in a society where the the young people are educated more and more, increasingly educated, and they are put into the workforce with the purpose of furthering our society, and the cycle kind of rinses and repeats. And seeing as I'm a part of that society, I want to know what exactly, what eventually, inevitably, what, what breakthrough we come to. Like, I want to know how our society is going to use, utilize it and how... I should prepare myself for the eventual breakthrough that there will be. Because if you look through history, the only permanent pattern is impermanence. I mean, society is constantly changing. There are constant technological breakthroughs, constant innovation. And the, these um, these innovations, you can see them re- register some people, like older people, especially impotent because they don't know how to utilize them. and. I think that I want to be a part of the generation that's able to adapt to these breakthroughs and utilize them.
3: Yeah, I mean there's a really like two different generations. There's one that doesn't really know how to use technologies and then the one after us is the one that just always is on their iPads and you know the three-year-olds that walk around in their iPads and we like I remember as a kid I didn't get a phone until I was like like 10, 11 and kids nowadays have their phone when they're like four. So the fact that we were living a life when we were young without technology and now we're also adapting to technology and we kind of know that limit, I think that that makes us very adaptable like Will said.
0: I kind of, even though as much as I acknowledge uh, that this technology, this AI, this automation is going to become increasingly dominant, I kind of just want to (laughs) regress to like a simpler time where like we don't have to worry about all this stuff. Unfortunately, I cannot and it's our own imperative to either ex- embrace this new reality or just to cut it off from us, like, and choose to, you know, not engage with the AI things, even though that might be harder and harder as time goes on.
4: Well, thank you for listening to a uh, topic of today. Tune in every other Monday to join us. Special thanks to Sophie Solerino for editing.
0: I'm Alex Garcia. Bye.
3: I'm Bia Zadie. And bye.
0: I'm Daniel Yu, and I'll see you next time.
2: I'm Camille. Have a great day.
1: Uh, I'm Will, uh, and I'll see you next time.